near a makeshift dwelling made of cardboard, propped up with a couple of wooden posts, with a roof of rusted iron and blue plastic sheeting. She gripped her child tight around his upper arm, and with the other hand splashed water from a large coffee tin. Her boy struggled and broke free running so fast that tiny droplets of water fell out behind him. Mohammedi, she cried. Dumelama, Isaac said in greeting, getting to his feet and wobbling toward her. She eyed him. Clouds of dust rose as he struck his pants with his hands. Where am I? Which country am I in? She didn't answer. He stood silently and then said, Please, ma, am I in Botswana? Era. Yes, sir. His palm traveled down the length of his face, as though opening a curtain, his eyes filled with relief, and with the fear of the kilometers between him and his mother and brothers and sisters, and all he'd known and understood and embraced and finally escaped. The woman must have seen the boy inside the man, lost like a young goat in the desert. Where is your mother? she asked. Pretoria. Your father? Johannesburg. What are you doing here? He was unable to speak. Do you want tea? Emma. He took a step toward her and fell backward onto the dog. As he was going down, his eye caught the soda can in the bushes. The sky had been blue, the dog white, but now the dog was blue and the sky white. You are drunk. No, ma, I've had nothing to drink. My husband is a jealous man. You cannot stay here, she said. Her body was already bent, even though her boy was young, running, running with his friends among thorns and discarded tin cans. She disappeared into the cardboard shack while Isaac sat on the ground with the white dog. Long ago, before he'd gone to school, he remembered his mother telling him that there were oceans on earth. She said that the water was so big, you could not see to the land on the other side. She'd heard that the water threads connected to the moon. So when the moon grew larger, the waters also grew larger, like an older brother sharing food with a younger brother but she didn't know where the big water came from and went back to. Maybe to the center of the earth, she told him, where it can't be seen, flowing underneath. His head felt like that water, with the moon pulling on it, the waters going back and forth. The woman came back out of her house with a tin mug. She brought a small stool for him to sit on. He stretched out his hand respectfully, right one reaching left touching the right elbow. He bowed his head in thanks. She sat on a rock near him and studied his face. Where are you going? I don't know. Are you hungry? Emma. She rose again and came back with a bowl of sorghum porridge. She poured reconstituted powdered milk on it and gave him a spoon. Who hurt you? she asked. 
no one. Why are you not telling the truth? The journey hurt me, no one person. I traveled out of South Africa in a compartment under a casket. Surely not, but I did see a large car travel up that track. I saw the men pull you out and throw you on the ground. When you spoke to me, I thought, if I do not speak, if I pretend I don't see it, that thing will return to the dead. He smiled. You did not have money for the train? The train was not possible. His friend Copano passed in front of his eyes. Two men, wearing the uniform of the South African Defense Force, walking toward a van. No hurry. The train disgorged.